Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Gonna have to self penalize myself because my guy Robert's been on the line for like 40 minutes. Uh, that's my bad, Robert. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm good, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I am concerned uh, with the Raiders' lack of a running attack, and I'm looking straight at number 68, Andre James, and I've been rooting for the guy. Was I'm still rooting for him, but I'm really concerned about his play. Uh, I watch him specifically. I watch him of that line, and that guy gets blown up and moved two yards into the backfield on virtually every running play. There is no way in hell you're ever going to have any kind of consistent running game if your center is two yards in the backfield uh, on virtually every single play. Uh, when might we see Nick Martin? Just to, just to see if Andre is the issue or not. I know we have a, a third-string right guard also in there and a rookie right tackle. But Andre James is consistently getting pushed. He's, he's like he's a little light in the shorts, and I'm really concerned about uh, his lack of push in the middle of that line on on running plays. Yeah, I think that um, you know, and, and and part of this is you know the vision coming into this season was it was going to be Andre James uh, flanked by Richie Incognito and Denzel Good, and unfortunately. You know, we see what's happened with the injuries to Richie Incognito. Denzel Good is down for the year. So um, what they understood was going to be a learning curve that they felt could be mitigated a little bit by two veteran guards surrounding him, especially uh, Incognito and what he brings to the table, uh, and especially in the run game and just sort of the kind of maybe taking a little bit of pressure off of him. That's been unavailable uh, to the Raiders. So it is a work in progress. I don't expect any change uh, anytime soon. I think that the Raiders' goal and objective is to be patient and work around it and coach around it and just hope that Andre James gets settled in. And I thought, again, in the second half, they ran for 140 yards yesterday. Uh, They averaged a healthy ish 4.0 yards four four yards per carry uh Peyton Barber goes for 111 yards on 23 carries that's a nice uh, uh four plus yards per carry average so they were finding it and they've been finding it as the season goes on it's only three games uh into it you can't I don't think bail now uh you have to show a little bit of confidence and conviction and really patience uh and just hope that Andre gets settled in and starts getting better. But right now, I, I think he's the best option that they have uh, on, 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 the, on the roster, and there's, there is a belief that he's going to get better. Uh, we'll see if Richie Incognito comes back. Uh, he went on IR he, uh, the day before the game, so he will miss now two more games at least um, before he's el- eligible to come back. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's not been perfect. It's not been great at all. Uh, for for Andre James, and they expected some learning curve. They expected some a development uh, curve. They were hoping that they would have two veteran guards around him, but that hasn't been the case. 
Uh, they're going to have to get it fixed somehow, some way. But I think the plan right now is to stick with Andre James. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in a good friend of mine, uh, my colleague over at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, you could read his stuff, my stuff, all the videos that we do, all the podcasts that we do, all the um, uh, stories that we write, uh, the whole nine yards by downloading the app Vegas Nation uh, or going to VegasNation.com on the computer. Sam Gordon, how are you doing, my friend? Thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Vinny, anytime, man. I'm doing well. I hope you're having a fantastic Monday. It is great to be back on the show and talk to you again. Likewise, and and thank you very much. Uh, I want to start with a couple of young wide receivers. And they go by the names of Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. And to me, they are cases of this rush to judgment uh, that we see all over sports, really. Uh, But this is a Raiders uh, show, and so specifically uh, about the Raiders. You know, you would have thought that the Raiders made a huge mistake last year in drafting Brian Edwards and in drafting Henry Ruggs, and I know that focus was elsewhere, the Justin Jeffersons of the world, the C.D. Lambs of the world. Uh, But the Raiders always practiced patience, and there were some mitigating – you know, situations that happened last year, specifically as it relates to to injuries. They also knew that Henry Ruggs was uh, in some ways a little bit of a development prospect. I know everyone wants it to happen right now for draft picks, but that's not always the case, especially when there's a little bit of a development that's needed. And yet here we are now, a year later, and I think everybody in Raider Nation is like, oh, okay, I, I see what the plan was. I see what the, uh, what the Raiders were thinking. Uh, is this an example of... Hey, let's be patient in our rush to judgment. Oh, without question. Without question. And let's be very clear. I think, like you said, and you touched on it, there was an understanding that Henry Ruggs' timeline might be a little different than, than like you said, a Justin Jefferson or a CeeDee Lamb. Those guys are who they are, tremendous players that came into the league, more polished and more NFL-ready, and that, that's okay. You don't draft a player just to make an impact in year one. You draft a player with the hope that he can be part of your organization for – 5, 10, in some cases, 15, 15 years, right? And when you take a look at somebody like Henry Ruggs, it was, he had the one tool that you, you can't teach, or one, a, a tool you can't teach. There are several, but his 4-2 speed, you, you, can't, you just can't coach that. You just can't find that. And I think what we've seen, particularly with Henry Ruggs, and I'll touch on Brian Edwards in a second, is, it, a, a, it took him a year or so to, you know, he had to go through his struggles and get a, a, a feel for the NFL game the speed of the game, the physicality of the game, all the nuances of, of being in the NFL and, and playing against competition that's just as talented as you are a lot of the time. Let's not forget at Alabama, they were so dominant. He was rarely seeing corners that were at his level. Everybody's great in the NFL. There's going to be an adjustment, especially when you're a speed demon uh, like Henry Ruggs. And then you saw him learn from that, that season, apply what he learned, and put that into an off-season program that resulted in, in, in him getting bigger. Uh, a little stronger and, and having a more nuanced understanding of, of how to get open at the NFL level. And so far through three games, uh, I know he was a little quiet on the Monday night opener against the Ravens, but he made some key catches. He made some very important plays. And I think we really saw him, uh, of course, against Pittsburgh, was unlocked with that deep ball. And then yesterday, too, a number of clutch catches, including a big uh, big grab over Xavier Howard, in which he showcased his ball skills, something I think is an under- underrated aspect of his game, just because he's not your classic Six four, six five, jump ball kind of receiver doesn't mean he can't go up and make a play. He can, he did, and he had another tremendous grab down the sideline, um, contorting his body that he had to toe tap it, and he executed the catch. So, with him, I think, yeah, it took him a little bit. He needed to get his feet wet. Took him a little bit of time. He wasn't 
as polished, as refined as some receivers are. But it's still only year two. He's still 22 years old, and now he's showing some of those those flashes that that the Raiders saw in Alabama that they saw that caused them to draft him as the first receiver off the board in 2020. And then along similar lines, Vinny, same thing with Brian Edwards, right? Third-round pick uh, last year, flashed in training camp, pops, and then gets hurt right away. And, and you, you, you're in the NFL. You're dealing with nagging injuries. It's such a physical and ferocious game. We know that. We can go on, all, on all about that all day. But it's going to affect your development, especially as a rookie, when you're not healthy and getting those reps in practice, and then more importantly, game reps too. So both those guys – having an opportunity to play as rookies, learn from what worked, what didn't work, and then having a full off-season program, a full training camp, and then more chemistry with Derek Carr uh, is only going to help. And I think what you've seen so far is those guys, in their own respective ways, complementing and adding to what the Raiders were doing offensively last year with, with Darren Waller and Hunter Redfro and others. And, uh, and you're seeing a, a receiving core that's coming together where you have guys that really complement each other well with differing skill sets, and, and Ruggs and Edwards are – you know, as big of a part of that as anybody. By the way, uh, I think we'd both agree, or, or you would agree with me, that uh, Henry Ruggs, there's definitely a, 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 a Southern humbleness to him, sort of a Southern gentleman kind of uh, kind of a demeanor that he has, um, very humble uh, young kid. But I think we saw yesterday uh, that if you scratch him a little bit or push him a little bit, uh, there's a little something else there uh, that obviously came out. He wasn't happy with some things that were said. He won't reveal who. Uh, I think we're all kind of assuming that it's Xavier and Howard based on some things that he said uh, on, a, on a podcast. Uh, but, you know, he got scratched a little bit, and he came fighting back. And so the Southern humbleness and the Southern gentleman thing went out the door. He came uh, looking for some blood yesterday and got it. And what does that say about uh, young Mr. Henry Ruggs? I just it, it it shows me that he's adapting to kind of the nastiness that you have to have uh, in the National Football League, and I say that in the best way possible. Obviously, um, you know, football is a physical game; it's a ferocious game, and everybody's out there competing. And you know, this is the NFL; this is a business where guys are fighting for jobs and trying to feed their families. And every week, you got to bring it. And I think he, you know, after having the rookie season that he had and having the opportunity to match up against the Miami Dolphins, a game that he certainly struggled in, and a game that frankly was an embarrassing loss. For the Raiders last year, I mean, how could you not be motivated coming back into that kind of setting when you know you have 60,000 fans uh, behind you at Allegiant Stadium playing against one of the best corners uh, in the NFL and having an opportunity to avenge a poor game? And, and I thought, really, Vinny, he, just the way he, like you said, the way he carries himself, there's a professionalism to him. There's an all-business-like demeanor, but there's also a competitive edge that I think we're starting to see come out. And, and I think that's you know, a benefit, a huge benefit to the Raiders. Who doesn't want more guys like that in the locker room that, that, that are willing to to compete and push at that level and that take things personally and want to take on big-time challenges. And yesterday, really, I got the sense that he enjoyed having the opportunity to compete against, one of the again, one of the best corners in the NFL and on multiple occasions get the better of him. So it has to be satisfying. And I think, Vinny, as these, as these games, as these performances start to pile up, it's twofold. Henry Ruggs is going to ex- begin to experience more and more confidence in his own game. And then, you're, as we've seen already, Derek Carr – uh, has more confidence in Henry Ruggs, going to him more often, John Gruden scheming up plays, getting him in motion to get him the ball, thinking, figuring out how to better utilize his, his unique set of skills and, and get him open for big plays. So uh, this, I feel like really, yeah, he's been very productive early on, but I think the Raiders are just kind of figuring out now, they're in the process of, of mining what kind of, um, what kind of impact he can have, you know, big picture on his team. And, and he's been very impressive so far, no doubt about it. And, uh, and his competitive edge is one of the things that I believe is, is starting to power 
um, this transformation as he develops into a, a very reliable target for Derek Carr. Here's what I like about that, too. Uh, nobody saw it coming. You know, a lot of times you're going to see the lead up to it. Like somebody's going to say something and then it's going to be like a little, uh, you know, back and forth for a whole week or or he's going to let it out, you know, that he's pissed off and that somebody, you know, uh, made him mad, that kind of thing. He's going to tip his hand a little bit. But in true Las Vegas style, he just kept that card in his back pocket the entire time. And it wasn't until after the game that he revealed, oh, by the way, yeah, I had a little extra juice to me. I'm not even going to tell you why. Go figure it out yourself. But there was something that was said, and I had to exact a little bit of revenge is basically what he said. I love that we had no clue that it was even you know, anywhere on his radar or something that he was plotting and planning. He just went out and executed it. 100%, 100%, and let his game do the talking, let his play do the talking, and even afterwards, you know, didn't didn't do a ton of talking, or certainly the kind of talking that uh, that his performance, uh, you know, could have could have warranted. Again, four four catches, seventy eight yards, you know, good numbers, but modest numbers in the same regard at the same time. But I think it was not just the statistical influence; it's how he affected the game. It's the fact that he went up and made a contested catch over an elite cornerback. It's it's the way that. Uh, it's the timing of his plays, the timing of his catches, the, the effect that they have on the offense. So uh, he, he's he's a dynamic player. He certainly showed that throughout the course of the first three games, uh, obviously, especially against Pittsburgh. But uh, the more dynamic he is, the more dynamic the Raiders' offense is going to be. That's you know that's not breaking news there or a crazy observation. But this is Vinny. I think this is becoming. I mean, this was a top ten offense last year. Uh, we understand that. That's something we talked about all off season. This this offense. Once they get that running game more consistent, we saw a season of that on Sunday. Once they get a more more comp- uh, consistent running game, this this offense has even more upside because of the growth and development of those young receivers. I, I think, again, all these skill sets complement one another. You have Darren Waller doing everything. You have Henry Ruggs with his speed. You have Edwards with his size and physicality, and then you have Renfro as the technician uh, with the route running, able to you know short routes, intermediate routes, and even getting down the field as well. So. This this uh this offense has a lot of upside. I think we're only scratching the surface of what it can be uh, moving forward as well. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon. He's my good friend and colleague over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Sam Gordon. Uh, again, you can follow his stuff, all of our stuff, uh, by downloading the app Vegas Nation uh, or just going on the computer VegasNation.com. All right, Sam, uh, is it glass half full or glass half empty? Uh, the Raiders are three and zero, obviously, uh, but they've gotten off to slow starts. Uh, they've fallen behind 14 to nothing uh, in two games of the three games that they've played. Both of those games ended up going in overtime. Both of those games are at home, uh, by the way. So um, should we be concerned? And is it problematic that they've been falling behind? Or is it more of a positive that they're able to just kind of flick that off uh, their, their shoulders and get to work and get busy and get back in the game and ultimately win the game? Yeah, I think I – think, uh... Well, first, you can't, to your point, you, I don't think you can continue to start slow like that. Eventually, that will catch up with them. There will be a team that is able to execute his game plan and, and that is going to continue to score at some point during the season. Teams, I mean, this two 14-0 deficits in the first three games coming back, that's, that's tough to do. You know, that's very, very tough to do. But uh, I think it's more of a positive. I think it speaks to, you know, that the, a, a moxie and a poise that this team has that I'm not sure you could necessarily say it, it had in years past. I think... You know, you take a look at all the games last season that the Raiders, you know, fumbled away or lost, uh, including the the Miami one, which is by lacking poise, by not having poise and not being able to execute in big moments. And this year, I mean, frankly, many all three games, the Raiders have executed in huge spots 
on both sides of the ball against teams, three teams that all won double-digit games last year, all 10-plus win teams last season. So that, that to me, has been really, really impressive. Uh, the defense uh, is clearly improved. I'm not sure you know, where it's going to finish in the rankings at the end of the year, but there is a pretty consistent pass rush, and there is you know, a clear game plan in place that Gus Bradley's cover three system employs, and it's been very effective. The Raiders strung together several consecutive stops, were able to force punts yesterday, and that allowed them to get back in the game. And then when you talk about the offensive side of the ball, of course the skill players are doing their thing, getting open down the field, uh, good scheming so far, I think, by John Gruden for the most part uh, in terms of, of running plays that get his guys open down the field. But you got to give flowers to Derek Carr. Vinny. I mean, he, the guy has been unbelievable. Uh, only quarterback in the NFL, 300-plus yards over the course of his first three games. Clutch throw after clutch throw the last three weeks, really. And yesterday was no different uh, against a very good Miami Dolphins defense, a uh, very good secondary with an offensive line in front of him that was is still getting experience and trying to figure out how to develop some cohesion with young players that are, are still developing. Is, you know, there were struggles early on in the game. He really settled in and was poised uh, as the Raiders were mounting their comeback and then especially down the stretch. So, uh, to me, the, the slow starts, yeah, they're an issue. But, but the fast finishes and the, and the moxie and the, the way that they're not able to get demoralized, I mean, showing that early on against teams that, that have all you – know, teams with backbones. They have Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Miami Dolphins. Say what you want about, you know, the, about the talent or the way they played against the Raiders, but those are tremendous organizations that, with, with first-class coaching. And the Raiders have, have gotten through some adversity in all three games. So I think that's going to – the fact that they can do that in, in, this early in the season is going to bode well uh, later in the year once things get tough in November and December. And, uh, and it's a really impressive quality that I don't think last year's team and certainly the teams of the past, they didn't have. And I'm not waiting until uh, November and de- December for it to get tough because I think it gets tough real quick. Starting on Monday night yeah. against the Los Angeles Chargers, um, I see a good football team over there in Los Angeles. I see a really good young quarterback. Uh, I know that the Chiefs did some uncharacteristic things uh, yesterday that uh, that that contributed to their demise against the Chargers. But I also see uh, a pretty well-rounded team, and I think a uh, a team that's a little bit better coached uh, than it was uh, the, the last couple of years. I'm a big guy. I'm a big uh, believer in, in in Brandon Staley, their young head coach. Um, I don't think this is any way, shape, or form, any kind of a uh, gimme Monday night in Los Angeles. I know that it'll be a heavy lean on Raider fans at SoFi Stadium. I get that. Uh, But I think the Raiders need to play their most complete game of the season to beat the Chargers on Monday night. I'm I'm with you completely. I mean, like you said, this is a Chargers team that just went into Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs and and really beat the Chiefs. I mean, early in the game, they jumped out ahead and, and, and controlled most of the first half of the game. You know Kansas City's going to make their runs. And then the Chargers, a team that historically has melted down and, and not been able to execute down the stretch, the Chargers take the lead in the fourth quarter and execute down the stretch and are able to pull ahead and put away you know, the, you know, the AFC favorites, more or less, uh, in, in Arrowhead Stadium. So, like you said, I mean, Justin Herbert, uh, tremendous, tremendous young quarterback. He was outstanding yesterday with the four touchdown passes including the game-winning touchdown to Mike Williams. So far, they're protecting him a little better. Uh, that offensive line was an issue uh, in years past, especially last year. It felt like Justin Herbert was running for his life. But they addressed their struggles with Rashawn Slater, the, the, the first-round pick uh, out of Northwestern. has been awesome so far through three games. Uh, the, 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 there's a stability with their defense. They hold a very good offense, a very good Chiefs offense at bay. They forced turnovers, four turnovers yesterday. they fast. They're talented. Uh, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, you can go on and on. I mean, this is – a star-studded matchup, uh, but between, dare I say, two 
I mean, it might be a little too soon, but two teams that are certainly going to have, have something to say in the AFC playoff race. Um, I'm, I'm going to slow my roll on saying contenders, but these are teams that are definitely going to complete, compete for playoff versus going to be factors. It's a showcase game on Monday night. It's a brand-new stadium, SoFi Stadium on Monday night with the Chargers. Uh, it's going to be a huge atmosphere, and I'm with you. I think the Raiders are going to have to play a really, really clean game, like you said, put together four full quarters, all three phases, execute in ways maybe they haven't, haven't had through the last few games because they've had a, bit, a little bit of leeway. Uh, but the AFC West as a whole, I mean, nine wins in this division already. It is a stacked division. The Chiefs are one and two. Of course, we're not counting them out. And Denver at three and zero. Granted, their competition has been zero and nine, but still, Denver's taking care of business with Teddy Bridgewater. So the Raiders are the, the AFC West is always a grind, and they're going to get an up close and personal look on Monday night. Like you said, I think it's going to be a, a tremendous matchup. I see the potential for a high scoring game, but the, the kind of high scoring game where the defense is still going to make a play or two, not just up and down the field where there's going to be plays to be made. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's another measuring stick game. And, and if the Raiders go on the road and pass that test, then, then we're having a, a real serious conversation about the AFC um, just beyond making the playoffs. Yeah, and can we talk about how good football is uh, here in Nevada and California, um, two bordering states, obviously. I think I counted it at 10-2 uh, between the Rams 3-0, and the Raiders 3-0, and uh, and 2-1 and teams with the Chargers. Uh, and the 49ers, uh, there, there's, there's some good ball being played uh, out this way. Uh, I know everyone likes to sleep on the West, uh, out East, but uh, there's some real football being played out here. Sam, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, get some rest. Uh, I'll see you at some point this week over at the practice facility in Henderson. Really appreciate you spending some time with us, Ben. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. You got it. That was Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. We're going to go out to Q Myers uh, over at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. What's going down, Q? Going down is Monday night football action. The Cowboys just went up on the board. They're six to nothing with the extra point to come. CeeDee Lamb had a heck of a catch uh, to get the Cowboys down to the one-yard line, and then they punched it in with Zeke Elliott. So now it's 7-0 officially. 11.47 left on the clock. Folks are starting to pile in to watch this game. Good NFC East action. Underground lounge inside the Oyo uh, Hotel and Casino. Come on by. I got a bunch of prizes I'm still trying to give out. And I'm still getting you qualified, getting you registered for the best seat in the house, getting you hooked up with some beverages, getting you hooked up with some food, and getting you hooked up with a good time. That's how we do it. Got my guy Zacharias out here. The wife has made her way out here. There you go. Hey, look at that. All we need now is you. The Oyo Hotel and Casino. Underground lounge. With Raider, Raider Nation Radio 920. Q, try to help me out with this because I, I watched that CD Lamb uh, pass completion. Great throw, by the yes. way. Uh, what in the world was the cornerback and safety thinking on that play? They just said, okay, go do whatever you want, CD. We're just going to let you go fly free uh, in the middle of the field. Yeah, they gave him a free release, which I didn't understand either. Uh, number 88 is a pretty good player. <laughs> given given the number, I mean, the Cowboys aren't going to give that number to somebody who's a scrub. Right. And uh, we all saw what CeeDee Lamb was able to do his rookie year. So they should uh, uh, they should have been able to have some better coverage on him, but they didn't. And CeeDee Lamb did what CeeDee Lamb does. You know, got him down to the one-yard line. An incredible player. This is going to be a fun game to watch. Looked like some defense that the Raiders might have been playing last year. But those days are over, Q. Whoa! Those days are <laughs> over. Uh, you know, Sam Gordon just pointed it out. I didn't even realize it. They went seven possessions yesterday, the Raiders' defense stopping the uh, the Miami Dolphins. I don't think there was ever a stretch in any games last year uh, where the Raiders defense held up seven straight times to keep getting the ball back to the offense. 
No, no way. No way. I mean, look, I mean, the, the, the Raiders spotted the Dolphins 14 points and then went on a 25 nothing run. So, yeah, the defense did their job. And by the way, that 14 points that was given up wasn't on the defense either. I mean, it was just bad situation. So the defense is a much improved for the Raiders. It didn't do what it was supposed to do late in the fourth quarter, obviously. But, man, it's night and day compared to what it was a year ago. It is. Q, keep having some fun. We'll check in with you a little bit later on, my man. All right, keep it going, man. You sound great in the huddle, as always. Thank you very much. Yes, and we are in the huddle. I am Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Uh, we were down 14-0 to the Baltimore Ravens, too, as well. And so I think that was kind of the first thing we talked about and thought about was, you know, defense is going to keep us in this, and we just got to go out and make plays, move the ball, keep our defense off the field. Um, and we did that, and uh, thankfully, you know, they had a big safety right there to get us to 14-2. But um, I don't think anybody panicked because we knew everything we did was self-inflicting, and uh, the defense was going to play hard and keep us in it, and they did, and we won the game. That's Hunter Renfro uh, talking about the all-too-familiar position the Raiders found themselves in uh, yesterday against the Miami Dolphins, 14 and nothing down on the wrong side uh, of it, but no panic. Uh, they've been there before, and that's where those banked experiences become so beneficial. Do you want to be down 14 to nothing? Obviously not, uh, but if you have a track record or a history, and in this case, a very recent history of dealing with that and fighting your way back in, um, then it's not a catastrophic situation. It's just there's... A thousand uh, hours left on the clock, basically. Plenty of time. Uh, an offense that has weapons all over the field. A defense that, frankly, had nothing really to do with falling behind by 14 to nothing. It was a pick six. Uh, and the Raiders go for it on a fourth down. Uh, give the, the Dolphins a short uh, field to work with. They cashed in with another touchdown. Um, and all of a sudden, it's 14 to nothing. But plenty of time some experience of fighting their way back in a similar situation, or I should say the exact same situation. So no panic from the Raiders. And that's a sign of not just maturity, but also a belief of and an understanding of what you have on this team. When Hunter Renfro looks to Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller and uh, um, Derek Carr and Foster Moreau and Brian Edwards how can he not say, yeah, uh, we have everything it takes to get back into this game? You know, and then when he looks over to the defense and sees, you know, uh, Casey Hayward, who's playing some of the best football of his career, Trayvon Mullen, who's growing up before our very eyes again and just continues to get better, a ferocious defensive line, a linebacker in Denzel Perryman that's hitting everything that moves, a linebacker in Corey Littleton, who all of a sudden has found himself again playing a role that he – uh, is experienced in and familiar with and able to go make plays uh, and is showing up uh, a, a safety in Jonathan Abram, who's also getting the job done. Yeah, you have a, a, a feeling, um, a, a conviction and some confidence that, you know what, between the defense doing what it's capable of doing and an offense that can score points uh, at will, basically, and has plenty enough uh, weaponry to get back into this game, then there's no 
there's no real need to panic, and there was no panic. The Raiders methodically got back into that game and ultimately won that game to go to 3-0, and uh, and that's a testament to the talent that they have but also the mindset that they're creating uh, that that is very, very high on confidence and belief in themselves. And that is a huge part of the uh, the equation. And it's not fake confidence. It's not that kind of a confidence where you're pretending to be confident. You know what I'm saying? You know how uh, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, that whole thing? Well, there's no faking it till they're, they're, they're making it. Not with the Raiders this year. They really, truly believe and understand, and I think we could all see, they're pretty darn good on both sides of the ball and on special teams. That gives you a uh, a lot of confidence that whatever the situation is, uh, you could fight your way back into the game. By the way, did you know that now you can have Demon Rum shipped directly to you? Just go to drinkdemonrum.com. The more you buy, the better, the better the deal. And now, for being a fan... Get 10% off your total order. Enter DemonVinny10 in the coupon code and get 10% off your next purchase of Demon Rum. That's DemonVinny10 in the coupon code at drinkdemonrum.com. Go do yourself a favor. Pick up some rum for Monday night if you're watching the game at home and having a little bit of a party. And come on, Raider Nation, I know you're going to be partying Monday night. Um, Just do it safely, please. Go get some demon rum uh, and do yourself a favor. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, when you think about where the Raiders are right now, 3-0, and uh, it doesn't get any better than 3-0. and It doesn't get any better than 3-0, and especially when it's not a, is it an impressive 3-0? and You know how sometimes, like I'm looking at the Denver Broncos. They've won three straight games, all the credit to them. But you look at who they've played, and you're like, <clears throat> How legit is this 3-0, really? <laughs> you know, um, they've played teams that are just not very good, period, exclamation point. That's what happens sometimes when you finish in fourth place in your division. The NFL, in its infinite wisdom, and I actually agree with them in this regard, they create paths for teams to get back and make it a little bit easier. If you're on the short end of the stick, if you're one of the worst teams, guess what? In addition to getting a higher draft pick because you were so bad, we're also going to give you a schedule against teams that were equally as bad as you. So the Denver Broncos are playing a third or excuse me, a fourth place schedule. And it obviously shows in the teams that they've played thus far. Whereas the Raiders have played a legitimate schedule. I mean, arguably going into the season, you could have made a case that this was the toughest schedule to start the season in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens? On Monday night? Lamar Jackson? That defense? John Harbaugh? He always has his team playing. Then a short week to the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the toughest places to play in the NFL historically. On a short week... Lots of injuries at that point. Nobody had the Raiders winning both of those games. A lot of people didn't think that they would in any of those games. And then the Miami Dolphins waiting for them at Allegiant Stadium a week later. All three of those teams won 10 or more games last year. It doesn't get 
any more legitimate from a scheduling standpoint than that. I know it's a different year. I think the Steelers by the... Uh, I can't rule the Steelers out. I just, you know, they, Mike Tomlin does such a good job, and the Pittsburgh Steelers historically get it figured out. I happen to think that they're dealing with a bit of a liability, not a big of a bit, a big bandit liability. I saw it last year. He wasn't pushing the ball downfield. Um, he just, you know, injuries have piled up, and he is a fraction of himself. So they're going to have to figure that out. But gosh darn it, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, historically that organization, they get it figured out. They play the long game sometimes. Sometimes it's a short game where they get off to the fast start uh, and ride that wave. Other times it's trying to, what are the problems? Let's get them fixed. And sometimes in season, what are the issues? Let's coach around it. What are the problems? What are the weaknesses? Let's get strength in other areas to soften or to or to mitigate the weakness in another area. They do a brilliant job of that. So I can't sit here and rule the Pittsburgh Steelers out. There's 14 games left to play. We'll see. But as we sit here today, nobody's played a tougher schedule to me than the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. And certainly they've played a tougher schedule than their co-3-0 team in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos. It just is what it is. Now, they have to keep it up. No, By no means is Monday a must win against the Chargers, but gosh darn it. What a statement they can send by rolling into Los Angeles, which will be a home game-ish for the Raiders. We'll see to what degree. Raider Nation is, you know, pounding their chest, saying that it's going to be a takeover situation. Let's see if that actually happens on Sunday. I think it's going to be... Uh, more Raider fans without question than Charger fans, but by how much? I've had people on the ground in Los Angeles when the Chargers hosted the Cowboys. And keep in mind, no disrespect to Raider Nation whatsoever because Raider Nation reigns supreme in Southern California. But there's a huge Dallas Cowboys contingency there too. Oh, how come? Why? Well, they've been training in Southern California in training camp since I was a little kid, and that's a long time ago. Yes, there were a couple of years, a few years, where they went back to hot Texas and figured out after a while, what are we doing in the humidity and the sick heat of Texas? Let's go back to California, which they did. So they've been in California for the better part of the last 40 years, 50 years probably. They, what, what did that, that accomplish for them in addition to getting out of the, the, the sticky heat? It created a fan base. In Southern California. So I was expecting when the Cowboys rolled into SoFi Stadium a couple of weeks ago that it was going to be an overwhelming Dallas Cowboy presence because there's a lot of Cowboy fans in Southern California. Fight me on it. I don't care. You bo- you know it and I, as well as I do. Raider fans of SoCal know it too. You see all the Cowboy hats and all that gear. Well, talking to at least the people that I talked to that were in the stadium that have no dog in the hunt, it was actually... Rather than overwhelming, it was more like about a 55-45 ratio, Cowboy fans over Charger fans. So Charger fans showed up against the, uh, against the Cowboys. I thought it was going to be an 80-20-70-30 situation. It wasn't. So the challenge is out to Raider Nation. Is it going to be more than a 55-45 situation? Are you going to take over that stadium? Just throwing it out there.
We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Robert in Portland. How you doing, Robert? Hey, Vinny. You know, Derwin uh, James <clears throat> hasn't faced the Raiders in a while. Remember, he was hurt a couple times in the last couple of years. He Remember what he did to the Raiders a couple of years ago when he was healthy? They had him. I know that our good friend Bradley is now our coach. He had him blitzing the heck out of car for one reason. Will Staley do the same thing, Vinny? Uh, well, I mean, Derwin James is one of the premier playmakers on that defense, let alone, you know, the rest of the league. So I, I think that you you should expect and prepare for everything and then some from Derwin James. They're going to put him in all kinds of uh, positions to be an impact or to make an impact, including in the blitz game. Yes, for sure. After he got hurt, I remember uh, the Raiders, you know, said thank you, and they beat him down there with no fans, but – the team that really was uh, a good barometer against uh, their big quarterback, kid from uh, here in Oregon, he does not like a rush up the middle. He never has. He doesn't. He has a lot of trouble with. It. They were only out of, only out of one game last year. They got just blitzed. In fact, they were shut out forty-five nothing by Bill Belichick. And if you remember the second half when we faced Belichick after we played pretty well in the first half in New England last year. We got shut out, and they did it by running the ball and blitzing the hell and pushing up front. That's how Belichick uh, beat us up in the second half last year, and that's how he just tore apart uh, Herbert last year. And in, of all places, L.A., and the other thing that was big was special teams. Uh, Oshesky ran two back, almost one for a touchdown or another, and then uh, there was also a fumble picked up by DeCourcy on a special teams play that also scored against the Chargers. The Chargers have some weak links. I'm not saying they don't have a hell of a lot of good players because that's why they're rated so well. But I think the key to this game is special teams, and that means we got to have some big plays. And also, we got to have a push up front, and we have to beware of Mr. James. Yeah, I agree. Um, every There's no uh, infallible team that I can see uh, in the NFL, uh, and certainly not the Chargers. Uh, there's ways to beat the Chargers. The Dallas Cowboys proved that going into Los Angeles to beat them, and um, you know, short of some turnovers yesterday by the Chiefs, that would have been a different game as well. So, of course, they're a beatable team, and there's some weak links and some flaws, and I think the Raiders are busy right now over in Henderson trying to figure them all out. So uh, we'll see what they cook up in terms of the game plan on both sides of the ball. We're going to go out to Q Myers uh, over at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. What are you cooking up, Q? Man, I'm cooking up this game, man. This game is fantastic. It's 7-7. C.D. Lamb on the end of round just got drilled, didn't make it into the end zone. But, man, this is a fantastic game going on right now. 7-7 Eagles, Cowboys, first quarter, 6-20 left to go. And not only that, I got a lot of prizes I'm still handing out. I gave out some Raider sunglasses, gave out some Raider koozies and cups and uh, and some chains. I'm trying to hook you up. So come on by, get hooked up. We have the best seat in the house that we're trying to hook you up with as well. There's some Cowboy fans that are watching this game pretty intensely uh, here, and all we need is just you. Just come on out, hang out with us. Great place to watch the game. Plenty of TVs. Zeke Elliott just looked like he scored. He did. He got into the end zone. There it is. Zeke is running like a man possessed. This is a fun game.
Really is. Uh, come on out here, hang out. We're right across from the MGM Oyo Hotel and Casino. It is the Underground Lounge. We do it every single Monday night. Monday night football action with Raider Nation Radio 920. He might be down, by the way. I think they're going to take a look at that. We'll see. But Q, I got to ask you, brother. Um, this is probably the most electric start to an NFL season that I can remember. I mean, it's game after game that's just, oh my gosh, good. Um, what do you think the reason for that is? Fans back in the stadiums, uh, parody in the NFL, great quarterbacks. Uh, what do you chalk it up to, brother? I, you know, I think it's just a lot of everything, man. I think it's a lot. The fans are back in the stands. I think that there's a lot of teams that feel like they're, they're a really good team and they can compete and, and have a chance to make a run. Um, you know, and, and it's early in the season as well. You know, it's a 17-game season. Um, there's just a lot that's going on. But you're right, man. There's been some absolutely fantastic games. Uh, even teams that look like they're bad teams, they uh, they still go out there and they compete like the Detroit Lions did against the Ravens yesterday. I mean, there's just a lot of good action going on. Plus, by the way, we love football. So, you know, the more football, the better, right? Absolutely. No question about it. And, you know, uh, tip of the cap to the NFL. I heard today that on average – six new teams make the playoffs from one year to the next that didn't make the playoffs last year on average each year there's going to be about six new teams in the playoffs from one year to the next i think that's awesome for the sport it might include the raiders this year for sure uh we'll see but i think that that keeps everybody's interest uh on high alert uh and i I just think that it shows what a great product this is q Keep having fun. We'll check in with you uh, in just a little bit later on before we check out of here. Uh, have some fun out there at the Oyo Casino and ho- or Hotel and Casino. Uh, be careful. Have a good time, brother. No doubt about it, man. We'll definitely have some fun for you and keep doing what you're doing, man. Great show as always. All right. Thank you very much. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Good snap. Good hold. Jackpot, baby! The Raiders become the first team in history of the NFL to win their first three games against teams that all won at least 10 games the previous season. 31-28. Bring on the Chargers. Yeah, that's the headline today to me. You know, we had some penalties that really went against us. Pass interference in the end zone. Um, you know, we had some terrible penalties that really hurt us. We fell behind. Uh, gave up fourth and 20. We missed an extra point. Guys are leaving. We had newcomers playing that haven't played much before, but um, you just finish. You know, we talk about it a lot. You just find a way to finish, and um, really proud of our coaches and players for doing that. You know, it's funny about hearing John Gruden talking about uh, just finish, and it was a theme yesterday, talking to some players. But it goes all the way back to last year, and at some point we're going to find that sound from Derek Carr last year. It was in Denver. Uh, they won the game to end last season. So really the Raiders have won four straight games, by the way, when you go back to next last year. Uh, Jalen Hurts is trying to avoid a safety and throws it away. Um, anyway, 
the Raiders, if you remember correctly, Derek Carr was still banged up going into that Denver game. And, you know, there was thought, eh, maybe, you know, uh, you skip it. It's a meaningless game. And Derek Carr's like, it's not a meaningless game. You know, every game has importance for all sorts of various reasons. It might not be uh, the most obvious thing to get into the playoffs, um, but it is in the whole scheme of the development, where you are as an organization, what you want to stand for, what you want to hang your hat on, uh, what you want to be, what you want to be about, um, and where you want to go. And are you going to get there, and are you going to do the necessary things to get there? So, yeah, Derek Carr wrapped up his leg and said, I'm playing this game in the bitter cold of Denver. And it came right down to a situation where they needed a two-point conversion. It was the exact same situation they had felt they had uh, experienced the season before in Denver. Same exact situation. They needed it two. Two years ago, they didn't get it. Last year, they got it. And afterwards, uh, to win the game. And afterwards, we talked to Derek about, you know, why was it so important to be on the field? Why was it so important to win this game? And what he kept talking about and kept, you know, mentioning it that was going to be something that they were going to emphasize and talk about and be committed to this year 2021 was finishing finishing games finishing seasons finishing practices um making sure that you're in position by taking care of your body and doing what you need to do from a rehab standpoint from an eating standpoint from a sleeping standpoint from maybe giving something up that you like in your life uh, to to, to uh, put your body in a better place to finish, to finish games and finish seasons and finish strong. And he talked about that last, it, was, it might have been January 3rd, somewhere around there in Denver, Colorado. And it was a very impassioned, poignant message that he was delivering. And I, I don't think by the end of last season, everybody in that room was committed to finishing or about what you need to be about to get yourself right to play on a week-to-week basis. I think there were some guys that were either immature, that didn't care enough, that weren't professional enough to do what you need to do to be ready to play game in and game out and be available, practice in and practice out. Yes, these days there's a little bit of a different way to handle practices, and it makes a lot of sense, especially for older players. But his point was emphasizing finishing because finishing has bit the Raiders on their butt time and time again, and especially these last two years, six and three the year before or six and four the year before, right in the thick of the playoff hunt, six and two last year, right in the thick of the playoff hunt, faltered both years. Injuries did them in, inexperience did them in, and inability to finish games did them in. And Derek Carr said, enough is enough. Got to start talking about finishing. And what have the Raiders done over these first three games? Even having to go into overtime, they've finished. And they're 3-0 and because of that. And I give Derek Carr a lot of credit because he planted that seed and really planted a flag. This is what we're going to be about. And so far, that's what the Raiders have been about. Want to say thanks to our good friend Sam Gordon for joining us in the huddle. Want to say thanks to Peyton Barber, one of the heroes of yesterday, because he finished pretty darn strong uh, himself. Want to say thanks to Q, who's still over at the Oyo uh, Hotel and Casino having a lot of fun. If you're nearby, go up, go over there and join them. Uh, they're having a blast over there watching some Monday Night Football. Want to say thanks to DeMond Cotton, uh, as usual, doing a great job. 
We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. Our good friend Lincoln Kennedy will be joining us. You're in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur Raider Nation Radio on a Monday. We'll check you out tomorrow.